0: You know what that music means. It's time for a very special episode of DLC. This week, all week long, DLC means your daily live coverage of E3. We're here every night of the show. We've been here last night, Monday night, tomorrow night, tonight. Talking about all the biggest games, all the biggest announcements. We were on the show floor. I do not have my partner in crime, my friend slash co host slash nemesis, Christian Spicer, here today, but I have a couple of guys who I'm very happy to help me out. And this show, as you know, is only possible because of our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace! They're the ones who made that possible, bringing the show to you completely free. And while I do not have a Christian Spicer tonight, you are going to get two Jeffs. You may have gotten two Jeffs a little bit last night if you downloaded the show immediately. And I apologize for the reverb, but it's fixed. You had a little crazy extra Jeff in your show last night.
1: Extra uh, Jeff in your show last
0: night. <laughs> yeah, like that. But now we got, the, <laughs> we got the right extra Jeff in our show. That's, we got right, Jeff that's Mattis. right. I'm so happy to have you here. Jeff Mattis, of course, uh, from Weekend Confirmed. Now a voice on the the game Narcosis, which is going to be this awesome underwater crazy survival horror game. So happy to have you, Jeff. I I am
1: so excited to be here. I'm sorry it took so long. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure.
0: And we also have uh, another guest, a first-timer, a guy I'm so excited to have on the show, Matthew Burnside, uh, formerly of the Indoor Kids podcast on the Nerdist Network, Gaming Insider, E3 attendee. Welcome to the show,
2: man. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Another exciting day on the show floor. I saw a ton of games. I'm sure you guys saw a ton of games. We're going to get uh, audience call-ins as we have all week long. If you are listening live at 5by5.tv slash live, you can call in at 512-518-5714. I want to hear what people are excited about from E3, what games they want to know more about, any questions you guys might have or things that you've seen on live streams that you want to talk about and gush about, uh, we want to hear from you. So 512-518-5714. And uh, in fact, I think, I think there's actually somebody on the line right now. Uh, hello, is, is, this, is this Mark Edding from Marketing?
3: Hey, Jeff, big fan of the show. Uh, just got to say, uh, stay on message and then shut up.
0: Wow, I'm so glad Mark was able to call. Uh, Mark, could you put Christian on? I heard Christian is there with you.
3: Hey, what's up? Yeah, Mark let me tied up here. Apparently I went off message and uh, <laughs> he's not letting me leave. Uh,
0: so uh, we're sad you couldn't be with us here, Christian. I know you're driving right now. You're driving down to San Diego, is that right?
3: Yeah, we're doing a special one-off improv versus stand-up show in San Diego tonight. Uh, so I'm driving down to do that. Very cool. Uh, well,
0: this is awesome that you you had a chance to call. Is there anything you wanted to quickly mention that you saw at the show floor today?
3: Counter-spy. Holy moly. This is, this is my game. This is ex-LucasArts devs, ex-Pixar people, Coming together to make a mark of the ninja meets James Bond meets humor from Telltale Games or old Lucas Arts games, side scroller shooter, gorgeous art style, and it's PS3, PS4, and wait for it, Spida, <laughs> <laughs> the Cros- Spicer,
0: the Spicer trifecta.
3: Yeah, it's cross-buy, cross-save, and just gorgeous. Man, I stumbled into it at the IndieCade and then had a chance to actually talk to um, the developer of the game, who I think is going to try to call in tomorrow, so it will have more info, but it comes out this summer. They don't have an official date or price point, but be on the lookout for this game. It's awesome. And then the other game that I... Two other games quickly that I spent time with today were Disney Infinity Marvel Edition of Disney Infinity 2.0. Man, love the art style of that game. Still, I think the Marvel characters fit in that universe with that you know unified art experience they have so well. I, I think it's a shame that the game doesn't seem as fun as Lego Marvel does, for example, but the art style is great. The figures look fantastic. I'll probably own figures of that game, whether or not <laughs> I buy the game. And then I played Gauntlet, which is coming out, I think it's September, uh, on Steam, and I don't know their other... I don't have notes, I'm driving. Um, it's by the guy that made Magicka, and it feels like Gauntlet. They're calling it a remake of Gauntlet. Lots of fun. I think it'll be really fun with four friends versus three randoms on the show floor. <laughs> um, but beautiful. If you know the Magicka guys in that game, it's very much in their wheelhouse, and you know, coming out at $20 is how I think that game competes versus, like, a Diablo 3, which, you know, different but similar uh, in many regards. So, but awesome. I had tons of fun today uh, playing with it.
0: Cool. Well, we'll have you back on tomorrow. We'll talk more about that stuff. And I'm super excited if the developer of Counterspy can be on the show as well. Uh, well done.
3: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Have a great show. Uh, love you, Jeff. Jeff and Matt have fun. I'll talk to you again later.
0: All
1: right, love you too, safe, Christian. Buddy. Drive safely.
3: Good talking to you,
0: buddy. All right, guys. Now that we got that out of the way, we can start having some real fun. Um, Matt, let me yes. hear what uh, what you are most excited about so far at uh, uh, your E3 experience. What, what games have you seen that have gotten you jazzed?
2: You know, there's been four games uh, that I got to experience that are phenomenal, I think. Uh, number one, Evolve. Mm-hmm. The that four player co op against one other person is very unique. the The classes, the support, all that stuff that's there. It's not like your traditional shooter. You really do have to work with your team, uh, and in a, in a fun, inventive way, outside of your normal like teamwork, like a like a battlefield or a Counter Strike, something like that. Uh, really, really like it. The art. Fantastic! The graphics are just gorgeous. Uh, really, I can't I can't praise that enough. I really had a fun time with that. Uh, yeah.
0: Which I, which, uh, which characters did you get to play? Did you play the hero or the monster? The heroes. Or... I played
2: a hero. I played support. Um, uh-huh. It was I forget the the name of the character, but uh, it's a, one of the new ones. He's a robot. robot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You You get to throw your head off, <laughs> and yeah, it cool. becomes a UAB.
0: It's awesome. It's so so good. Fly your head around the map and check out and spot the, uh, the monster. And if you spot him using your head, you have this time limit until your head, I guess explodes or whatever. Uh, and while you're flying it around, if you manage to locate the monster and lock onto him, then everybody on your team gets to be able to track the monster. So it's really helpful for all the other team members who are basically just running on the map, trying to find where the monster is initially. Um, yeah, it's it's a really cool idea, and the fact that you're playing as a robot is really really slick too. I think they're doing a lot of interesting things with the the character classes and making a variety within each class too. So even if you're saying, "Hey, I want to play a medic," you have multiple options of medics that actually play differently from one another.
2: Yeah, and apparently we're only going to see more too. I think they've got a whole another set of four characters that, that they haven't even shown off yet. Uh, I'm really excited to see what the finished product is going to be. I think everyone is going to really enjoy it. And I think it's going to shake up multiplayer quite a bit. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of studios start to take notice of that quickly. It's yeah, really it's, fun, really neat. It's kind
0: of surprising to me that that already we, there's two big games at the show that are this 4v1 concept. I, I talked a little bit yesterday about Fable Legends which is basically the same kind of game. I mean, the, the V1 part of it is is different. You're not playing as a giant monster. You're playing as all the monsters. You're playing as this crazy yeah. omniscient dungeon master. But the basic idea is the same in the sense that there's four people who all play different classes and they're – going up against one person who has the potential to really me- mess up their lives in a big way. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a really fun, asymmetrical multiplayer idea. And I think that, as you said, a lot of studios are going to run wild with that, uh, in you know, in the coming years. It's cool. Uh, Jeff, uh, tell me something that you saw today that you were all jazzed about.
1: Oh, well, I... Uh... The first thing that I saw, and it's probably still my favorite thing that I saw, and it's not going to be very surprising to anyone, but I managed to get into the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt live demo. Yeah. And uh, I'm a huge fan of that series in general, um, but holy cow. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're really doing a lot of stuff to take it sort of to the next level. I mean, they were talking about, you know, open world stuff. Did you have a chance to, to check it out, by the way?
0: Yeah, just, I, I mean, went to the. I don't know if it's the same thing. I went to the forty-five minute thing up in yeah, the private meeting room. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. That's that's what I saw. I was really, really impressed with it. And and honestly, like, so it opens up with a, uh, the Witcher tracking a a griffin. So it's a monster hunt, and there, you know, you get a sense of how how really big the world is, and and it's it's you know a, about as beautiful as The Witcher two, sort of ratcheted up about. Fifty percent, I think. It's yeah. it's absolutely one of the most beautiful things I've seen. Um, I am. It's definitely something that I'm going to consider upgrading my my PC for. Uh, you know, before it comes out, beginning of next year, or and yeah, beginning of next year, February, February twenty
0: fourth, yeah. I think is their date.
1: Yeah, absolutely stunning. Um, but what what really blew me away about it was, you know they They go through the hunt, the Griffin hunt, which is absolutely fantastic and 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 great. It ended with a uh, a cinematic and i 'm not sure that that 's you know representative of the final uh, how the battle 's going to play out once the game comes out, right. uh, but then they take you into one of the the major sort of town hubs and the scale and the size and the number of people doing their own thing i mean apparently all these. NPCs have their own AI routines that they run, uh, you know, from beggars and peasants all the way up to guards, and they, you know, it's not just them standing in a in a single place, you know, twenty four seven. It's you know the 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 whole uh, living breathing world thing that gets thrown around way too much. Um, this is sort of one of the 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 times when I feel like it's really really applicable. Uh, yeah you know, it's not just, it's not just marketing speak. It's like, wow, these guys are paying a lot of attention to detail here.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's so much detail, as you said, that, that, that vibrant world that just feels teeming with life and animals and all kinds of crazy stuff just happening. And, uh, you know, ambient discussions as you walk by little kids going, I oh, no, I no, I'm going to play as the monster. And, you know, all this, all this, this just uh, feels alive as you, as you kind of walk your little Horse through it,
1: <laughs> No, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's and, – and it's sort of o- overwhelming in a good way. Like I, I look around and look, looked around and saw all this stuff that I knew was going to take me – I mean I'd spend you know, 10 hours just in the hub running around checking everything out, talking to people. It's, it's uh, very, very impressive, very impressive yeah. indeed.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then I don't – I'm sure you, you saw the same thing I did where then he goes off on this other quest and has to find that, that little boy Johnny – who is not a little boy? He's a creature, but he looks like a kind of a ten-year-old boy. Did you see how they hold that section?
1: Oh no, no, they 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 said that they were running a little short. Maybe they oh, cut no. out. A, a, so this was post the town because they kind of yeah. ran us through the town a little bit. He's like, okay, well let's let's go to the other side of the town and we'll get a look at a view and you know it was all great, but it and it still ran about forty minutes, forty-five minutes. Maybe wow. we we just got short. Maybe they just. Mm. Uh-huh did something
0: different because, um, I, I, I won't recap it because I, uh, I talked about it at length yesterday, but, oh, um, okay. Okay. but it, it's, is pretty amazing. And it really highlighted the writing in the game, which I think is just excellent and interesting and not, not, you know, your typical, just give me the quest and I don't care about it. It really creates right. interesting story. I mean, this is a, this is a franchise that's built on a novel series of novels. Um, sure. and, you know, it's, it's rich and interesting and yeah, yeah. I, 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 every time I think of a game that I'm blown away by, I go, well, but was it better than the Witcher three? <laughs> I'm not sure that it was. <laughs> right,
1: right. Well, and, and it just makes me even more excited to see something about cyberpunk. Yeah. I finally, you know, I mean, th- this studio is just incredible in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh Witcher three is definitely sort of top of my list. I've got a lot more that I want to get, get my hands on. Uh, but in terms of triple a top tier stuff that's that's right up there and i'm so excited about the combat
0: system too because uh especially post patch the the witcher 2's combat system got that interesting overhaul and i, I really oh, think yeah. they're, they're putting a lot more um a lot more thought and and not just thought but experience now that they've tried these two versions of the of the combat system in witcher 2 i think it's really going to be the next maturization of that you know
1: yeah something I noticed uh you know watching the the combat sequences that they they played live um, the animations the the just the range of animations uh, and not just uh, you know sword movements and swinging and stuff like that that was all really impressive too, but just the subtle things from you know going from a roll and then watching him stand up and sort of shuffle his feet sideways because he 's circling around an opponent very slowly and then that picks up into a into a lunge and it 's all you know, it wasn't 100% perfectly stitched together, but it was pretty damn close. And, yeah. uh, you know, you know, sort of head and shoulders above most other, you know, melee combat systems I've seen. Uh, just in terms of how it looked, how the animations worked. Yeah. Uh, so, you so, know, yeah. so
2: Speaking of animations, uh, a, another game that I got my hands on today, and was, um, I didn't even know it was playable at all, but I, I managed to make my way into it. The Order, eighteen eighty six mm. has. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. I mean, I, I could talk for the, the entire show about how great the graphics are and and how phenomenal it, they made the PS4 seem so impressive already. Uh, but the, there's so much subtlety in the animation of like when you're taking a step backwards like he he's clearly glancing over his shoulder making sure that he's not tripping over anything like all these little tiny small things that it's gonna make going back and playing an old game feel tiring like i i think this time next year if i play a game that came out a year ago i'm gonna roll my eyes at it. it it's very very impressive and and what they can do with with the it's it's a very gray scaled game, but you see everything and yeah, th- there know, was not a single moment where i I was finding anything hard to see It's interesting that you say that
0: because i I really have had this a similar thought there's this demarcation line between games that it seemed were started last generation and are being brought into the next generation they still look great but then there are these games that are all the sort of 2015 mid to late 2015 games and beyond that you're seeing at this e3 for the first time that look like they were started on this generation and are visually just don't compare i mean there there are so much there's a level of uh polish and and it, it looks. It, some of the games look almost painterly, and these are like three three D, you know, first person shooter type games. That there's a, there, the, it's really the lighting that is going to make the giant leap forward in this ger- generation. I think.
2: Um, oh yeah, absolutely. The lighting yeah. in this game is phenomenal, and the and the reflections and everything like that. It really well, does bring demo- out so much. What
0: was the demo about? I mean, what, were you was it like what they showed at the press conference? Or was it a series of button presses, or was there was there more to it than that? Or what did they show exactly?
2: So it was basically a, stu- a two stage demo. First, I got to just sit down with one of the developers as they played through the part that was at the Sony press conference, where you're inside of that hospital and that. Uh, Oh, I'm terrible with the with fantasy terminology. Uh, basically, that werewolf yeah. uh, is come is coming after you. Uh, but they took the time to stop and uh, let you appreciate the art assets, as well as uh, the ample times that you could have died, and all the great death animations that are going on there. Um, hmm. But that wasn't really different. But what I got to play, I'm pretty sure was what they actually used to debut the game last year. And last year, I remember when they showed that off for the first time, uh, I was instantly into it. I think that, that like Jack, the Ripper-esque time period is really rich time period to start pulling from. Uh, and the like technology behind the weapons seems very cool. But I thought, as I think all seasoned gamers become very skeptical, uh, you know, was it real? Was it real gameplay? Was it all just for show? Um, but I have to say, it—it—it—it it, it, it felt like I was playing a cutscene. Hmm. So it, it was so impressive, and there are no cutscenes. Every single thing in there, there's no video player in their engine. It yeah. is entirely the inside like live rendering constantly and you cannot tell the difference between gameplay and when they cut to camera angles. It's, it's
0: like what very, Naughty Dog is doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard confirmation that uh, the um, uh, Uncharted trailer that they showed was all in engine as well. And and they had worked really hard to make it 60 frames per second. And it, you kind of just assume that it's a CG trailer, but it was in engine. And I think that's amazing. So what I got, the impression that I got last year was that it was much more of a, um, Team-based shooter type of situation is that no is that long,
2: no no not at all. It is entirely a single-player game. There is no multiplayer uh, in it whatsoever. Which I'm I've, I'm one. I like there uh, being a line sometimes between a multiplayer experience and a single-player. Like with a game like Titanfall, I don't need a, a single-player campaign. That's just me running around fast with my friends, shooting a bunch of stuff and stepping on people with robots. And a game like this is—they—they they seem to be be very careful, giving you a, a nice, rich story, a really cool setting, a great atmosphere, uh, and yeah, it's—it's it's not. You play that one guy, that guy that kind of looks like Daniel Day Lewis, and—and uh, and that's it. Um, Interesting. But there's definitely times where the NPCs—they've got your back. But you're definitely yeah.
0: – you're, you're the one. Oh, did we lose him? Oh. I think the embassy's got his back just then. <laughs> Hopefully we can get Matthew back. Um, but I can transition to into the first thing that I saw today, which was um, uh, Lords of the Fallen, uh, the new Namco game that – looks like a dark souls game. It certainly plays like a dark souls game. Uh, and now that I'm Mr. Dark souls, all of a sudden I've done a 180. and I don't know if you've heard Jeff. I love dark souls now. I know it's, it, oh, it, it's crazy. Good. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I finally gave it a chance and I loved it. Oh, maybe we'll get Matthew back.
4: we hey, are. Um, sorry about just... that. My Skype crashed.
0: <laughs> That's okay. No worries. <laughs> I, I kind of transitioned into uh, Lords of the fallen, the, the Namco game that I got a chance to see this morning. And, uh,
1: it it that, really that does. One feel... where, is that the one where a Piggy gets the conch and and? Uh, they, <laughs> no, that's they, Lords they of the Flies. Them. Lord of oh, the Flies. Oh, right. This is Lord yeah, of the Fallen. Um, yes. That popular yeah, so, dance, right? Oh, man, which would also it. make a great co-op game, and well, maybe not.
0: You I, you ready for Lords of the Dance? Don't don't yeah. give <laughs> the just dance people any ideas. Um, right. Oh gosh. Anyway, Lords of the Fallen does in fact play exactly like a Dark Souls game. I mean, all the controls are identical to Dark Souls. You know, you know you hold your shield with left bumper, strong attack with right trigger, soft attack with, you know, or faster attack with right bumper. Uh, everything is everything is the same. You If you die, you have to go collect what it calls your experience, you know, which is your souls after death. Uh, the biggest difference is that uh, when you uh, trigger a... Uh, what in dark souls is a bonfire in this game is some sort of like um levitating rock formation uh, basically a checkpoint uh in dark souls if you trigger it again all the monsters respawn in this game they do not which is kind of a nice little break from from that stress but and that was one of the big things that they said is that yeah you know, we we decided not to make quite as stressful that you can actually go back to the checkpoint and replenish your health and your potions without re-triggering all the monsters. But the monsters are just as challenging. The combat is just as challenging. If you had said, hey, this is Dark Souls you know, and I didn't see the title, I would have thought, oh, cool. More Dark Souls. So it does feel like that, which is a good thing. The biggest... And it also looks great. I mean, it, this is next-gen. I played it on PS4. They had playing on PS4 and Xbox One. I played it on PS4. Uh, it looks gorgeous. It doesn't look more gorgeous than Dark Souls 2 on PC on full settings, but Still, that's also gorgeous. So, uh, the, very m- moody. Uh, the enemies are really cool. Intense. Uh, there was one moment where I walked down to this courtyard and I killed a couple of things and uh, as I progressed, this giant guy with a big spear came bum-rushing me and I went, Wah! and I, And I ran backwards back into the courtyard and I ran over the center and I had, didn't even notice that the center was like some plywood and as the big Bad guy ran after me. It collapsed, and he fell down into this pit and died and which of course, you know is probably a cool thing that you 're supposed to discover and discovering in that way without me knowing it was coming was the coolest thing ever. I was like, "Oh, yeah, you know and I have my headphones on in the middle of this like meeting room where nobody else has headphones on, and it 's totally quiet uh I'm sure I sounded pretty silly but <laughs> Um, anyway, the, the biggest difference and the biggest thing I'm worried about really, the only thing I'm worried about based on the half an hour that I played of it, uh, because it really did feel like it scratched that Dark Souls itch, which now I, I have um, is that they said there is no currently no multiplayer. So the layer of Dark Souls which for me was really the win was really what got me into the game which is that you can bring friends into the game and you can go into your friends game and bad people can come into your game and and that really wonderful new way to approach multiplayer uh, in Dark Souls doesn't seem to be present here and I I you know I went up to the developers after the demo and said if I have one wish it would be that you guys add that and he said yeah well we we hope we'll have the ability to do that so I hope they have the ability to do it as well. It seems like it would only be a you know time and production schedule type of an issue, but uh, I, I think it's the kind of essential for those games. I, right now, it's just a pure single-player experience, and as fun as that could be, I think you miss that wonderful multiplayer layer, that wonderful, like, look what I can do, come and help me if I can't do, all that great stuff that makes Dark Souls Dark Souls for me, at least.
1: Maybe it was a situation where uh, they were like, well, you know, we can be... Eighty percent derivative, <laughs> yeah. Before we have a lawsuit on our hands, but I'm just, kidding. I'm just yeah. kidding.
0: no. I, I mean, I, I get it. I, I kind of feel like maybe that's a genre now. You know, I feel like it maybe. I mean, I guess you could say it's derivative, but I also feel like I want more of those kinds of games. So, oh, so oh, I did, yeah, we'll I be. do too.
1: I'm not arguing that point. I was just like, wow, you know the <laughs> the the fact that you were talking about one of the differentiating points being. <laughs> Instead of a bonfire, it's a floating pile of rocks, and I was like, yeah. "Oh God, <laughs> yeah, yeah." <laughs> anyway, it, the, it, the, it really was.
0: I mean, literally, if you if you picked it up and didn't know that you weren't playing Dark Souls, I I don't think you would think you weren't playing Dark Souls. But yeah, but I say okay. that okay. I say that in the most loving way I could because
1: it's. I mean, that's what I want. That's what you know. That's what I want is more of that. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to call it Dirk Shells and and put it on the with with this really <laughs> blurry font and
0: Dirk Shells, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like the transmogrifiers and you go to the store and it looks like transformers. (laughs) 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 Transmorphers
2: (laughs) Uh, was the one I I used to manage a video rental store and transmorphers was always looking at me. (laughs) Yeah. Back, back then. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. Oh man, those straight to DVD. I
0: I guess the other thing that would be different and, and I, you know, I didn't play, I only played for half an hour. Uh, and I got, I got pretty far. I got to the boss battle, fought the boss twice and, and couldn't, quite beat him in my my allotted time but uh, i guess the biggest also the other biggest thing is that when i pressed start uh things sort of made sense which is a big, big difference from dark souls uh, <laughs> yeah. there weren't you know 40 different uh stats and there wasn't this giant spreadsheet of statistics uh it, it really was much more clear and i guess you start the game by selecting a clear class you have one of three options you have uh like fighter rogue cleric i think and those give you certain spells and those spells can never change. So it's not like Dark Souls where it doesn't really matter what you start with. You can sort of make your guy whatever you want. I think you can still make your guy to a certain extent whatever you want, but you never get to change those initial spells that you select. So so maybe there's, uh, you know, more different also, and, and maybe it'll it'll be a little more approachable for people that found the character creation and the character customization stuff in Dark Souls to be a little off-putting, which I can certainly understand because it's— Well, it just,
1: uh, it just
2: is that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've always found that game to be quite daunting. And uh I don't know. I I I'm not enough of a masochist maybe. It, it's uh I don't like to beat myself up that much. <laughs> well, I will tell you, Matthew, I used to have the
0: exact same feeling. I ha- I was like, "You know what? I just have no desire to try this game." And then I was talked into trying it and I fell in love with it. So, it really is one of those things where even if you think you're going to hate it there's a chance you might love it and and my experience was playing it with someone else and and them sort of being my jedi master uh which which is a wonderful thing to have uh so so I was sort of cheating in that sense because you know I didn't have to figure it all out by myself but once I understood how the game worked I think it gets a bad rap it's really not that hard and it really has some wonderful innovations into the role playing genre I think it's a it's a really great game actually well, so
1: well yeah yeah the, i mean the control scheme is excellent the minute to minute gameplay i think that's what is is you know the controls the amount of control you have over your character sort of mitigates how you know getting your butt kicked by a giant demon and having to go back and you know redo yeah. everything yeah
0: yeah um we got lots more to talk about. I played a whole bunch of more games. I'm sure these guys did as well. We're going to have your phone calls coming up in a second. Uh, but I do need to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. They are the ones that made this show possible and have made this entire week of shows possible coming to you every night of E3. We're so grateful for Squarespace, and we hope you patronize their website as a as a thank you to them, uh, but also as a thank you to yourself, because if you have any any desire to have anything on the web, if you need a destination online for any use whatsoever, Squarespace is the best place to go to make that happen. I say that from experience. I say that genuinely as a person who has used Squarespace to make my own website, jeffcanada.com. It's lived there for years and years. I am so pleased to have them as a sponsor because I genuinely love them and I genuinely use that service every single day. It's so easy to create an awesome looking website that looks unique, is interesting, and is easy to update every single day, which is what I do when I update my blog. If you need a blog, if you need a portfolio, if you want an online store, Squarespace makes it so easy. Every website comes with online store services. So even if you don't need it, you have it there potentially. Uh, And it's easy to make something that looks beautiful. They have Templates, many, many templates, but then you can take those templates and make them your own in the easiest way possible. It's all drag and drop. It's all what you see is what you get. You just slide things around, grab an image, move it here, move something else there. It's so simple. You don't have to have any coding experience and you can create a beautiful website. But if you do run into any problems, they have online support, live chat and email 24 7. It's great. They're super responsive, it's quick. It's easy, and it's inexpensive. Plans start at only $8 a month, and that includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year plan. So you can get everything you need to start your own website right in one go. You can even try it out for free without even inputting your credit card at any step. So they're letting you go there and check out their services, create your website, see how easy it is without any obligation whatsoever because they don't even take your credit card. There's a lot of these places that say it's free, but we're going to charge you after 30 days unless you cancel. No, no, no. Not Squarespace. Squarespace is so confident with their website that – the creation tools that uh, they let you use them for free. And they say, you know what? If you like this enough, you'll give us our, your credit card eventually. <laughs> And since you like this show and listen to this show, we're gonna hook you up with even bigger discounts. 10% off your first purchase. If you go to squarespace.com slash DLC and you use our promo code Jeff Sent Me. That's J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E. Doesn't even matter which Jeff on this show sent you. Just say Jeff sent me when you when you sign up for Squarespace at squarespace.com slash DLC. We are so grateful for their support and we hope you support them in return. All right guys, back to the games and uh, yes. and, and guess what? <laughs> we forgot the freaking E3 awesome hype train music again. Zach, drop my beat.)
1: That really was it. awesome.
0: Two days in a row. <laughs> I forgot to do that at the beginning of the show. Zach even reminded me right before we went to air. He's like, don't forget the music. What did I do? Forgot the music. But I love that music. It was worth waiting for. Right, guys?
1: I think we could probably play it again at some point. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah, I think we, absolutely. We should, have,
0: we should have played it right after Christian called is what we should have done. But uh, I'm not on the ball today. I'm have. i I'm really running on fumes this whole – we got a whole other day of this. Um, but uh, I, I saw – More awesome stuff today. I want to talk about uh, getting hands-on with Splatoon. Did anybody else play Splatoon?
2: I was Uh, hoping you were going to bring that up. Uh, That is one of the best things in the entire convention. It is amazing. Oh, sweet. Sweet. It it really
0: is, and it plays differently than I thought. Um, it, it, it has gyroscope controls instead of using – I mean, the Wii controller has two sticks, so it could just have regular old shooter controls, but no, it does not. It has uh, gyroscope controls, but it's not the kind of gyroscope controls that you usually associate with the Wii U controller where uh, you are holding the gyroscope and looking at the screen on the controller and moving that around. No, you're supposed to look at the television screen and not look at your hands and just move them – as in a as a gyroscope, which I got used to actually pretty quick. I thought it worked pretty well.
2: I sucked. <laughs> I, I was not good at that. I pretty quickly turned uh, turned that option off and uh, went to the traditional yeah. uh, two sticks. Uh, but man, what an inventive third person multiplayer!
0: yeah it's pretty cool that at least this mode and I'm assuming that the final game will have multiple modes, but at least this mode it wasn't a death match, which is what I assumed it was it it's a area control game it's it's really who has the most surface area covered with their
1: color splatter ink sounds very de blob yes that's that's yeah. awesome
2: i I compared it to uh the graffiti mode in tony Hawk right yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that aspect of turning into a squid, where you you use that for two things. One, traversing the map at a much faster pace, uh, as well as basically uh, reloading and picking up ammo, which is your paint, so that you can throw a grenade uh, and yeah. cover a wide area, which can also then help you uh, blow somebody up. Yeah, I love that that concept of you've got this tank on
0: your back that's full of ink and you're splattering 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 constantly like this machine gun of of ink splatter through this crazy you know uh super soaker gun that you're holding um and and that'll drain your tank but you also have this option of throwing a grenade and it's not like you have grenades in your pocket a grenade is just a concentrated burst of the ink that you already have in your tank so if you use a grenade it uses up the tank that you're also using for ammo so you have to it's just using a bigger chunk of that. Um, so it's a really interesting resource management dynamic, I would say.
2: Yeah, it really is. And uh, and added on top of that, I'm sure uh, you got as well, where you work your meter up to the point of being able to switch out to a bazooka that just yeah. gives a stream of paint that goes as far as it can until it's stopped by something. Right. Uh, yeah, that was... If it, very quickly, because you got to play like two two matches. That first match, everyone was getting their feet wet. Right, uh, but that second Quite match, this, this yeah. <laughs> the 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 strategies. Everybody instantly started going, "I got it." There, here's a completely different strategy from that mm-hmm. first match, and uh, just. Man, I, I'm i shocked by how much fun I had at that. Because I'm not much of a Nintendo guy anymore. I'm, I'm falling off that train. I played Smash Brothers. It's very good. There's no question about it. But it is Smash Brothers.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a known quantity. Yeah. Yeah, but man, Splatoon. Uh, yeah. Did they
2: give a release date on that?
0: Uh, they said 2015, uh, which is a little <laughs> sad. But I think that the smartest thing they could do, I think, is release... What we played at, uh, at E3, just that. I mean, I'm sure the game is going to be bigger and have more modes. But if they just released that as a downloadable thing for like 14.99 on the on the uh, Wii U shop, that would be brilliant. And do it this Christmas when, you know, the Wii U needs some help. I think that would be so wonderful and so brilliant. But I don't think
1: they'll do that. Directed um, by Sploliver Splone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Dude. It sounds oh, really goodness. good, though hilarious
0: yeah i was a little worried initially when it was like oh it's not about engaging the enemy it's only about shooting the ground uh but it's it's really cool how that dynamic that area control dynamic uh forces you into conflict with other people because you're you're into these choke points where i want my color on the ground oh you're putting your color on the ground okay well let's shoot each other then uh And it's such a wonderful visual representation because they don't show you the score of the other team at any point. You only see your own score. Uh, So the only way to know whether you're winning or not is to look down at your mini-map and see that overhead view of the color scheme of the map and see who's got the most color out on the board. Uh, It's just so clever and so smart and really fun. Really fun. So
1: so it's not a percentage that it shows you? Like it doesn't say, oh, you've your team has this percentage the of end. the map. At the end it does. At the very end oh, of the okay. match
0: it'll show you who had the higher percentage, but during the during the match it shows you a number, a score, like you got 500 points. Now you've got 516 points. Now you've got, you know, um so you don't have a sense of whether your score is higher unless you look down and see, oh well, we clearly have more color on on the board than they do uh, at this moment or vice versa. Oh, that's very cool.
1: It's yeah. a good way to handle it. Uh, Jeff, did you uh, you got any other games you want to talk about? Uh, well, I uh, I had to I, I got a little bit of time with uh, Far Cry Four, Ooh. Uh, j- j- Ooh. just enough to uh, shoot some guys from uh, from from back elephant back, back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fr- from the from the back of a <laughs> Uh no, it's, I know you were a huge fan of Far Cry Three. I think it was your game of the year that year, right? It, it was my game of the year, uh, and it looks like one of the m- most exciting things about this—and actually, this is sort of you know a theme of the show. I just noticed how many great-looking co-op experiences there were, yeah. And uh, it looks like they're handling multiplayer a bit better this time around. I wasn't a huge fan of the multiplayer component of Far Cry Three, but uh, this has sort of a drop-in. Uh, you can, you know, you can drop into a friend's game. You don't have to load into any other menus and you can just sort of, you know, cause open world chaos. You uh, don't even have
0: to own the game.
1: (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's really cool. I think that's a brilliant move on their part because people are going to play it and then they're going to want to play, uh, you know, buy the game proper, I guess. Uh, but, but yeah, it was, it's, it looks, it's still, you know, it's, again, it's one of the best looking games that I saw at the show, uh. You know, I just love the the attention to detail. Um, you know, the gunplay feels good. There really isn't a whole lot other. You know, they're adding adding some some different things to play with, some different toys and tools, and different animals that you know are pretty pretty interesting. Uh, have pretty interesting combat implications. Um, but yeah, it's I, I think it's going to be a solid solid title. It'll be interesting to see if they can they can you know wow people as much as they did the I mean, you know, cause far cry three kind of came out of nowhere for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Uh, and this is, this time it's going to be a little bit more of a known quantity.
0: Well, I but, think that they're doing a smart thing by changing up the, the venue, the milieu, you know, I think that yeah. the Himalayas is such an interesting, visually interesting and sort of grand and picturesque, but also not something you've seen a thousand times. You know, it's easy at E3 to feel like you've played the same corridor 400 times in one day because you pop from game to game to game. And it's like, OK, here we are. We're, we're in a random fantasy world. Now we're in a random military shooter, et cetera, et cetera. And then you, you see something that is even a little bit different and it really pops out. It really seems to be a place you want to spend time in. And I I've certainly felt that for Far Cry 4.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, no, I'm very, very much looking forward to that. Um, you know, honestly, it's funny cause there, you know, I thought I sort of had shooter fatigue. Um, but there, there are actually a, a number of, of, you know, shooters this that are, you know, sort of coming out the end of this year and into 2015, you know, rainbow six, the new rainbow six was another one that I was like, well, actually, honestly, my first thought when I saw that was like, man, I hope somebody takes this engine and makes another SWAT game. Wow. Um, yeah. But, but, uh, that looks, that looks like an amazing amount of fun too. Um, you know, did Did you, did anybody, did did you guys see, either of you see, uh, alien isolation by any chance? No, that Sega is the one place that I,
0: I didn't manage to find a a way to fit into my schedule. So I, I have not seen alien isolation, but I have heard good things about it. And I'm, I'm surprised how much people are excited about it because at least last year, what I saw did not encourage me. So hopefully it has come a long way, but, uh.
1: I yeah, miss. I mean the 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 fact that it's you know they're trying to treat it like a survival horror game instead of a shooter is pretty encouraging to me. But I'll, I'll admit to being more or less in the dark about how things are actually you know shaping up at this point. Yeah,
2: um, anyway. I tried it out. Um, I I found myself very lost. Hmm. I didn't really know where I was supposed to go. No, uh, you. You'd think that would have been a good thing, but uh, I I really didn't understand what my objective was uh, and where I was supposed to go. I kept your objective is to not get by the alien.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. pretty much.
2: (laughs) No, I kept going in circles, and um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because they really toss you kind of in the middle of it. Maybe once I actually, because no matter what, I'm a huge fan of the Alien franchise. Uh, It's If I'm starting at the beginning, I'll probably be fine. But uh, that demo, I mean, it was literally, I walked up. It was at the Sony booth. I just walked up, started playing it on my own. Nobody was talking me through it. Nobody was giving me any sort of context. Uh, And I just couldn't really figure out what was going on. And I thought the controls were a little strange. Mm. When you are moving around uh, and, like, uh, specifically turning your character It's not so smooth. There's like a snap to it. Mm. Um, Maybe I'd warm up to it, but it felt very strange to me that Mm. I couldn't just like gracefully move left to right. It was very much like, okay, I'm going to move right and done. Very, very like jarring almost.
0: Hmm. Interesting. In In space, no one can hear you be graceful, evidently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, huh, Interesting. I'm, I'm, I may. maybe I'll try to figure out a way to get in to see that tomorrow, but uh, I have a pretty packed schedule as it is. Um, speaking of packed, uh, there's a ton of people on the line right now. So I want to hit a, uh, a phone call. We got someone here from the seven, seven, four area code. Uh, what is your name? Where are you calling from? And what are you excited about for E3? Hey guys. Uh,
5: my name's Corey. I'm from Massachusetts and, uh, I want to talk about E3 real quick, and I also had a question for you uh, after I make a point there, if that's all right. Sure. Um, so, the thing that impressed me most with E3, and um, again, I think uh, other Jeff was saying at one point, he wasn't a big Nintendo fan either, but the games for Wii U were gorgeous. And I, again, I'm not there, I'm not seeing them played in front of me, but based off what I've seen on the stream between Smash Bros., the Yoshi game, um, and Mario, even Mario 8 is already out uh that we use but not some really gorgeous games granted it's not really realistic but i i was really impressed with that and um also my other quick question is um i'm looking to get an xbox one and with the recent price drop do you think they'll do any type of bundle like they did with titanfall so you can get almost like a free game with it because i'm not sure if i want to wait or just jump in now that there's a price drop out there thanks
0: uh thanks for the call Corey. Um, let's do the second part first. Um, it it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if there was some sort of sunset overdrive bundle at some point, I don't think that it will be a Christmas type situation unless they're really hurting, unless they're really getting thrumped, um, from, from Sony. I feel like if that happens, it'll, it'll be like a early part of next year. And Hey, the big game from the end of last year, we're going to bundle in now, um, I don't know, but there could be some kind of weird Grand Theft Auto Five Xbox One bundle. I don't know. I mean, that was at the Sony press conference, so maybe they're more associated with Sony. I don't know. What do you guys think, uh, Jeff? What do you think? Uh,
1: well, actually, I'd I'd really like to address the uh, the Nintendo portion of the question. Oh, if, sure, go for it, if that's okay. Um, yeah, because because I'd sort of expressed you know a bit of uh, you know I like Nintendo. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've I've had plenty of fond. Nintendo gaming memories, uh, but you know, as of you know, I, I guess the past year or two, I wasn't sure. You know, it seemed like they were sort of biding a little too much time in getting some great IP out in front of everyone. And I will say that after their press conference and what I've seen on the show floor, they've effectively sold another Wii U. Um, I will buy one. Um, oh wow! But not, but not until 2015. <laughs> because for Zelda I mean,
0: or for what game? What game specifically will be the the straw that breaks your camel's wallet?
1: Zelda Zelda looks amazing. Um, I you know I I do the you know I'm a sucker for the Mario type stuff. So you know the Toad's you know treasure tracker thing looks really good. Um, Yo- Yoshi looks great. Uh, you know I, again it's it's they're really they're really back get, getting back to putting out a bunch of titles that. That sort of, it's stuff that I'm looking forward to playing as opposed to, I think, you know, last year my overall sentiment was, geez, you know, it, you know the most exciting thing that I saw in the Wii U, you know, when they debuted it was, you know, the Rayman game. And yeah. and that was sort of disappointing to me because I was like, well, geez, Nintendo, you know, they're, they're outdoing you on your own tablet at your, you know, debut of the console. So this is, it's, it's a very encouraging uh you know, sort of turn of events for me. Uh, um, I think they they have a lot of good content, but it's you know it's a ways away. So. I think you speak for a lot of people. I mean, think the overall sentiment that I keep hearing
0: over and over, people is going from people is, "Holy crap!" All of a sudden, I'm sitting up and taking notice for Nintendo, and I wonder if that is um, a function of such low expectations, or uh, if uh, if they really figured out some way to play their own game. You know, it not not jump in, not do the big press conference, do it their own way, show the games in the way that best shows them off, you know, in a way of like really showing gameplay and really getting in there and showing what makes these games special. Um, I spent a lot of time in the Nintendo booth today and I totally agree with, uh, with the caller, Corey. I think that there is a lot... Nintendo knows how to art design their games to best maximize their technology and my goodness in person that Yoshi's Woolly World game is just Gorgeous. stunning stunning and, yeah and 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 Smash Brothers looks amazing and um uh, even uh, even Bayonetta looks fantastic you know i was Im- impressed by that and that really is playing somebody else's game you know that's playing the next gen uh you know mature rated right. kind of deal um so the th- th- you i think i think that's absolutely the case that these games look fantastic and they pop in HD and they they're colorful and they're fun and they scream all those things right, you know, right off the top. So what's your take, Matthew?
2: Um yeah, I uh I feel like Nintendo has an opportunity to do something with the Wii U that they did with the DS or the 3DS. When the 3DS first launched everyone was kind of eh. The games were even more eh <laughs> And we all kind of shunned it. Uh, But now, especially walking around the floor at E3, everywhere you look when people are in lines, everyone's got a 3DS. Uh, It potentially could happen. Smash Brothers is definitely a seller for a lot of people. Mario Kart, uh, for anyone who's played it, is great. Um, But for me, it's just not enough. Because everything that they are that they're feeding to me right now. Well, yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, they've got such a a great instinct when it comes to like primary colors that they somehow always make those colors feel new to me. (laughs) But yeah, uh, you know, I long for the return of the days where my friends and I can sit on a couch and play games with each other and punch each other in the shoulders and stuff. But I, I, I don't think it's actually ever going to come back. It's too hard for me to sit down with all my friends, and it's too easy for me to hop online. And some of those games just aren't the same that way. And Mm -hmm. they need to give me a little bit more personally. Uh, But anyone who says they want to go out and buy a Wii U now, I get it. I totally get it.
0: Yeah, they're certainly delivering an experience that's unique to their platform and I, I give them credit for that. They've figured out uh they've figured out a a a thing that a hole in the market that that is only able to be filled by Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, and oh, they've and they, they've I, always I think, been good at that.
1: I think they may yeah, exactly. They may end up in another situation where, you know, they are a strong number 2, you know, because they, you know, they're a secondary or, or sorry, a strong backup console for Everyone's primary, because I think you know there is there are a lot of things like, you know, Mike was saying about the online gaming. Matt Matt was saying about the online gaming. It's like you have to, you know, update your stuff. I mean, I'm excited about their their lineup, but I will admit there isn't anything, you know, aside from Zelda that looks like. You know they're doing much to reinvent or introduce a lot of crazy brand new IP. I mean, even the Toad, Toad's Treasure Tracker thing looks a bit. You know, I mean, it's like, it's another Mario game ostensibly, from what I can tell. Maybe you know, maybe time will will prove me wrong there. But um, but yeah, Splatoon yeah, I mean, is I,
0: really I, the only thing that has has that level of freshness, and that doesn't really feel like a an IP per se. It's more more like a concept. <laughs> right. Right. True, yeah, true. So. Um, the, the other couple of things I was going to mention about Nintendo is um, I found it interesting <laughs> that here we have two consoles where they're defining characteristics. When you go on the show floor, uh, I played um, Super Smash Brothers Melee May- or Super Smash Brothers on both uh, the 3DS and the Wii U, and on the Wii U, everywhere you can play it at the show, you play it on GameCube controllers. And which, you know, that's the defining characteristic of that system is its controller. And everywhere you play any 3DS game on the show floor, it has the 3D slider taped to the off position. There's literally a piece of masking tape over the slider so that you cannot turn. Even if you want to, you can't turn the 3D on.
2: I did not notice that.
0: Yeah, because I like the 3D. As soon as I picked up uh, Smash Brothers on the 3DS, I was like, oh, well, let me see what it looks like in
1: 3D. Nope. Taped off with a piece think, of tape. Is it because the movement? I mean, because the, the movement's really fast in that game. I just wonder if if it tracks in 3D or if it just right, does a but weird. Not, I, I'm sure there's legit reasons, but
0: these are just, ostensibly the defining characteristics of your two consoles. You know, it's oh, right, it's right, controller right. with the big screen on it, and it's. And its 3d capabilities respectively and neither of them it's like their biggest release this year on both of those platforms it's like yeah pay no attention to those features yeah so
2: yeah they 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 instantly feel a little dated although i will say the the levels on wii u smash brothers absolutely phenomenal visual quality of those it, yeah. It it it's everything. It was just so rich and it felt so alive. In a weird way, kind of like what we were saying about the Witcher.
1: <laughs> it
2: yeah. felt like there was a lot of stuff going on in the levels there. Yeah, and yeah, on the 3DS there used- was one
0: level where you get on a platform and it takes you like flying out and around this bridge and you're kind of going upside down and around it. Uh and I was like, "Oh my god, that would look amazing in 3D." Of course, I have no way of knowing whether it looks amazing in 3D. But um we got uh, another Ni- call that I want to... Go- oh,
1: did you have something to say, Jeff? Oh, oh no, I was just going to say Nintendo made that decision for you. They're like, nah, that doesn't look so amazing in 3D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe they did answer that question. Can I, uh, can I
2: address one thing real quick? Go for uh, it. He, he had that Microsoft question about the, oh, yeah. the possibility of a bundle. Um, judging by the way that GameStop's uh, apparently... So, so they say the interest uh, in Xbox One has gone up. I don't particularly see there being a bundle anytime soon because they're definitely taking a loss uh, monetarily on it but i will say i picked up an xbox one while i was thoroughly impressed when i first got to demo on xbox one last year with the Kinect, uh i had no interest in the Kinect and i couldn't cared about it but now that i have one in my apartment the connect on the Xbox one is the selling point for me and I was honestly pretty disappointed when they uh, when they cracked under the pressure and decided to take it out I get it but if you do any streaming through your Xbox onto your television the connect is amazing that the voice control and stuff like that is absolutely phenomenal and Uh, I, I encourage people to reconsider getting the $400 one, uh, and then, and you know, it's a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars. If you don't have an extra hundred dollars to spend on something, then, then don't, uh, you know, that, that is some games and I get it. Uh, there's definitely an opportunity cost there and it's, what's it worth to you? But to me. Uh, I am thoroughly impressed with the with my Connect, and uh, I can already say it's changing the way that I interact with all my things. There's times where I go to turn on my PlayStation 3, and I literally I'll say PlayStation on, and then I'll sit there for a couple of seconds and then realize, what the heck am I doing? It's it's not an Xbox. I can't do that. Well, and you and it's sad that... that I have to put the controller in my hand. <laughs> I
0: think the I think the uh, the the camera enables voice commands on the PlayStation. Although I have the camera and I've never used them, so I can't tell you for sure. Uh, but it certainly can't control your television, which the Xbox One can. I it controls my TiVo, uh, and I still ha- I still use it. I'm not as enthusiastic as as you are, and I'm not as enthusiastic as I once was. I, I think I think I need to get to the point where I can say it and not have to look and see if it heard me. That's that's the really for me. That's the <laughs> unc- uncanny valley is. Yes is when I say a voice command and I don't have to go, did it, did it hear what I said? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, which sometimes it doesn't, you know, if we can, if we get to the point like Star Trek where we can just say it and assume that it heard, that will be when our voice commands are really, my, my, my favorite,
1: uh, common, common sort of Xbox one misunderstanding is, uh, when I'm telling it to, uh, watch E it likes to watch TV <laughs> <laughs> well and that's like that, i'm like i'm already are you watching, watching e yeah <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome. a good point because you have a fiance <laughs> hey, that's why you're watching e <laughs> yes that is you are you could not be more right about that job. you could not be more wrong
0: right. uh, all right there's a lot of people on the line here i want to get to some more calls uh i got a call here from uh 951 area code uh what's your name where are you calling from and and what's your e3 topic
5: um, let's see, my name's Kenny, I'm calling from, um, Florida, California, and to me, the biggest thing that i actually seen at E3 was, um, Phantom Dust.
0: Yeah. Uh, tell me, tell me why, are you, are you a, <laughs> a fan of the, are you, a, are you a fan of the old Phantom <laughs> Dust from uh, the original <laughs> Xbox days?
5: Yeah, I'm a fan of the original Xbox days, and I didn't see any new IPs that actually captured me. So well, I might as well just go with the old
3: favorites.
0: <laughs> not a bad philosophy. Uh, either of you guys play Phantom Dust back in the day because I know I played it, but I didn't, must not have played it very much because I certainly don't remember it well.
2: I, was, I never did. I, I didn't actually have an original Xbox uh, until I, almost everyone on the floor that I was uh, my last year living in the dorms uh, in college. Uh, when Halo 2 came out. Then people started sharing their Xboxes when they had two, but uh, all we played was Halo 2. So that's the that's, honestly, that and Crimson Skies were the only two games I played on the, the original Xbox. Uh, so when they announced Phantom Dust uh, and people's, I mean, I, I was there in attendance and people just started losing their minds. I, I was scratching my head. I didn't even know about the game.
1: Jeff, did you play it? Oh come on! Everybody played a little Phantom Dust in college. What are we talking about? <laughs> no, yeah. no. You know, I uh, again. I I think I may have played it, and this is this is terrible. But I I too did not immediately recall uh, the original game, um, which is bizarre. But uh, anyway, that's all. <laughs> so. I'm, we have I'm of to, no help.
0: Basically. We have to apologize to Kenny because he's all excited for it. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. No, I think I think the new. Uh, the new rendition of it looks looks really interesting. I'm excited to play it, um, but as far as remembering the the old one, I'm I'm afraid I'm not. Kenny, tell us why Phantom Dust was awesome, as as
0: succinctly as you can.
5: Um, honestly, I never had any gaming experience like that game. Um, it was why? a fighting game blended in with a card game, bled it in with a somewhat of an open world environment game. So, I, I don't know. It seems like something kind of special
0: and unique. Well, I'm definitely excited to to see more of the new Phantom Dust. I love I love me card games. I love real-life card games. I love Hearthstone. So, you got me there. And uh, I remember that mechanic intriguing me back in the day. But I, I for the life of me, don't remember much about uh, the original Phantom Dust, even though I remember seeing it uh, on our shelf when I was living with people. Um, so, somebody in our house was playing it, but it clearly was not me. Um Let's go to uh, 937. Uh, Where are you calling from? What's your name? And uh, tell us what you're excited about for E3. Hi,
4: uh, my name's actually uh, Bowen, and uh, I'm actually from Dayton, Ohio. Um, So I was actually calling in. There was a couple things that I watched a lot of the E3 feeds, and this is more like, I guess, kind of a philosophical question with regards to Microsoft and Nintendo. Microsoft... um, It seems like they're making a lot of, you know, adjustments with dropping the Kinect and they made the adjustment. Now they released the drivers for the uh, they released the drivers for the Xbox One controller for PC. There's a lot of things that they just weren't doing initially. And they kept saying, hey, we're not going to do that. Um, Do you feel like that was more indicative of Microsoft being more flexible now uh, or that they just messed up that badly a year ago? And uh, then I had a second question, and I'll just hop off the air and, like, and then listen to you guys discuss it. But uh, um, with regards to Nintendo, it certainly seems like Nintendo is, you know, they they do these digital conferences, and, you know, I've discussed it with a bunch of friends and everything, and do you guys feel like that almost is, it, it seems to be displayed that Nintendo seems like they're almost afraid of going head-to-head with Sony and, and Microsoft, so they kind of want to just stay away from them and E3 and everything? Or do you think that that's more... Uh, because of mistakes that have been made in previous conferences for Nintendo, like when the Wiimote wouldn't work, and they were like, hey, it's it's the cell phones and everything going off, and you know the language barrier that they always seem to have, so they wanted to make it a better presentation. So those are my questions you guys could talk about. It. That'd be great.
0: Uh, thanks for the call, Bowen. Those are two excellent questions. Um, I think with regard to Microsoft, that is the central question, isn't it? Is it, it was it lack of foresight, or is it, Wonderful responsiveness, you know that that is uh, that is something I don't think we'll ever really know until someone, you know, several years from now, writes a, a tell-all book about it or something. Uh, I, yeah. I, if think, Tom
2: Bissell comes back and decides to start writing about games again, hook it I, to the bottom of it. Right.
0: I, I'm inclined to believe that it's a little of both. Uh, I'm inclined to believe that. As much as they had a a plan for the Xbox One, um, and and I truly believe that they did. I also think that they they didn't have that it wasn't as uh, as well planned a a a roadmap as it perhaps should have been, and it wasn't so well planned that they couldn't just scrap all that stuff. There wasn't they weren't losing any ground by (laughs) going back words which is which is disturbing because you feel like you want them to have a better sense of what they're doing than that but i also think there is a big contingent of them genuinely being humbled and genuinely going okay we got the message we ticked a whole lot of people off and sony came out last year and ate our lunch and i think that is was was a genuine feeling of, okay, we better seriously change our policies here because we've just
1: alienated a whole bunch of our core supporters. So I think it's a little of both,
0: personally. What,
1: what's your guys' take? Well, in, in my estimation, it was, it was mostly a messaging issue in that you know, all this multimedia stuff and all the apps and all you know, the, the TV functionality and stuff is all great. But when you're launching a new games console, you're launching a new games console. You know the you, the games should always take front and center stage, and so I think you know they really just it's it's pretty obvious they just tripped over their own feet in terms of how they you know unveiled what they had plans to do, and unfortunately, games until this year didn't really take you know the center stage as they they should. I mean that's what that's why people buy these consoles is to play games on them. Uh, so, so, you know, I think, I think some of that has to do with things are sort of turning around, uh, with Phil Spencer sort of, you know, he was involved all along, but I think now that he's, he, at least, at least his public statements seem to indicate that he knows that it's got to be a game's first sort of attitude and mentality. And, and I think you're right in the sense that some of that was learned, uh, a little later than it should have been learned. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of my take on it. I think they're going to have a very strong several years. If they, if they, you know, one of my core takeaways, not just for Microsoft, but overall, is like this is the most excited I've been to be a gamer in, you know, a few years probably. Like I'm always excited. But this was sort of like there were a lot of things at the show this, this, this year that I've seen so far and that I want to see that are like, you know, really like, oh, wow, I, can't, I really can't wait to play this. Yeah, um, um, there's a lot of stuff you will be waiting to play. <laughs> a well, lot. yes, and that is that is also true. Yes, <laughs> Matthew. Yeah,
2: I uh, I always kind of had a had a sense with uh, the way Microsoft uh, ran Xbox the past number of years. They really felt like a businessman trying to tell us what we want, and they they got a little too full of themselves there and we called them on it and now i I think it's had this change with like phil spencer who i think is the best man for the job to take over xbox i I really think there are a lot of great things are going to happen because of that changeover but i feel like microsoft entirely is in the middle of going through that uh now that they have their new ceo i think we're going to see a lot of things change everywhere because we've all and now especially with the operating system on the xbox one it's going hand in hand with what's going on with windows and pc gaming and i think they see all of that and mm, everything is coming out of them uh, uh, much more respectful does that make sense
0: yeah i mean i I said it uh, last night i think that or the night before when we were talking about the press conferences, I felt like Microsoft had the eye of the tiger that, uh, Sony had last year. And I think it's a direct result of what happened last year is that, uh, Sony had the eye of the tiger that came out and they dropped that mic literally and figuratively. And Microsoft went, you know what, we gotta, we gotta change the way we do things a little bit and uh, luck can happen in a year. So, uh, but with regard to the other side of the question, the, uh, the Nintendo thing, um, I think there's probably a lot of factors, uh, one of which is money, but I love the fact that Nintendo did drop the coin to rent out the Nokia Center, but the reason that they dropped the coin to rent out the Nokia Center wasn't to have a press conference. It was to have this, for all accounts, awesome Smash Brothers tournament. With thousands of of gamers in it, I, I wasn't able to go to that, but I've heard from several people who had who were there and uh, said it was really really cool. It it was an exaltation of gaming and uh, a celebration of of the people who were there and the fans themselves. And you know, kudos to them for doing that. I think the big message that they came out with last year, Nintendo, uh, at their press conference, was play the games. You know, right. And they said that, but this year they, I think they really showed that. It was, it was more their Nintendo Direct was of the spirit of, hey, let's show you the actual fun. Let's show you the fun instead of what a lot of the, you know, M-rated hardcore gaming side keeps doing, which is not showing you the fun but showing you the mood. And that's, I think, the rise of CG trailers is – we're going to show you the mood, and isn't the mood cool? It's cool, and you know, Nintendo doesn't seem to care about cool. They just want to show you fun, and I think people are kind of res- responding to that, which is which is really wonderful. Um, so I give them a lot of credit.
1: I think I think they they did a phenomenal job this year. Um, I, what do you think? I I also think they did really well, um, and uh, you know, again, I think it's them. A lot of this is them sort of you know, filling a gap with their their lineup that, you know, the other consoles touch on but don't really live in that space. And so I think that gives them a really big advantage. You know, as as anybody that's, you know, a a multi-platform gamer, I'd venture to say that, you know, if you can only you know, if if your plan is to get two consoles, it's gonna be, you know, your the Xbox and PS4 duking it out and then you know, the the Wii U is a backup because they've got all the you yeah. know, their own original IP and all this great stuff that you There's just, less you redundancy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, I mean no one I don't I don't I don't ever hear anybody anymore debate the three companies. It's always, hey are you Sony or are you Microsoft? And there's no reason now that Nintendo clearly lives in this different space inside of the gaming community. Why do they have to present the same way? Uh, I'm fine with them. The, their presentations used to be my favorite. Uh, when they announced the Wii U, the orchestra that they had playing and everything was spectacular. I mean, it's, it's, ner- it's a very nerdy thing to say, but a lot, it, it brought tears to a lot of people's eyes and uh and so that first time they only did a direct uh it 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 made me a little sad but uh but i get it and like you were saying jeff they really are they're showing you what's fun about the games and not that mood and uh yeah i don't i don't think they need to and something that people don't get to see uh but on the floor i feel like you get to experience Nintendo's games at a much higher velocity. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else, you are either waiting to in a very long line to sit down in a in a uh, a, a very comfortable chair, <laughs> but watch someone else play a game, or you get to wait in an even longer line to play a game for five ten minutes. But at Nintendo, I waited. Man, I I don't think I waited more than. 10 minutes to play smash brothers which considering that's like the big thing from them this year that's insane that you're waiting almost a tenth of the amount of time to play the games i played a lot of what they had to offer and it wasn't even remotely time for me to think about eating lunch and that's Hmm. a big thing for those of us that get to attend
0: they also have uh, 3ds's tethered to ladies, which I always appreciate. So when you're standing in line, a lady who whose job is to just be a pretty looking pole that is attached to tethered 3ds's uh, walks that's up to what you I and...
1: call a dongle. <laughs> oh
0: god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so let me transition to another game that I played today, um, or that I. It didn't get to play, but it got to watch someone play, which is, I guess, the point you were just making, Matthew. But um, it certainly was a lot more than I got to see at the press conference. And this is a game that I have been anticipating a lot because I'm a huge fan of Dragon Age. I completed the first two games, and uh, while they are both flawed in very different ways, I find them to be really underrated, actually, and uh, fantastic storytelling role-playing games. And uh, so I've been looking forward to Inquisition for a while, and uh, I got the chance to uh, have the long half-hour behind-closed-doors uh, gameplay demo. Uh, and it, it looked a lot... It showed, I think, a lot better than uh, what either conference... the uh, it, well, it was at EA, but it was also... I think... Did Microsoft show it? Anyway, one of the two big conferences showed it, too. Uh, and neither time did I think that it showed particularly well. But when you actually get to watch someone play it for a half an hour, boy, it, it looks great. It captures uh the, the Dragon Age feel, but it looks a lot pretty. The environments are are really nice looking. I mean they're not Witcher three level, but it's also coming out this year, which is great. Um but it's certainly so far, a heck of a lot better looking than any previous Dragon Age. What was that?
1: The, I was just gonna say does the the DNA uh seem to drift back towards origins a little bit more or is it is it more two well, or is it kind of in between in terms definitely, of the, the combat? I, one of the things I kept thinking about
0: when I was uh, watching the the demo for that game is how I love the fact I love the effect that Skyrim's enormous sales have had on the industry <laughs> because <laughs> yes. any role playing game <laughs> that comes out now has to live in a post Skyrim world. And world is the key phrase here. Now all these games are like a giant open world. And, and the phrase that I keep hearing with all these games is, if you can see it, you can go to it. And it used to yeah. be only Bethesda games were like that. And now, and now all games are like that. Certainly the first two Dragon Ages were not like that. Uh, and it's cool that this is going to be a big open world um, with much more to do. It's got crafting and stuff. So it's got its own DNA. But I definitely think combat-wise, uh, while – the person demoing it certainly seemed to play in a very hack and slashy kind of action combat way. They also showed a much more robust pause and assign commands, which two also had, but I felt like they had stepped back from where one, uh, where Origins was on that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So yeah, so yeah, I think I think it's it's a much, a much more prominent uh, viable way to play, um, and I I like I like Dragon Age. I like the fact that in you know in most role playing games you start and you make a selection of what class you're going to play, and then, like, 15 levels down the line, you're like, eh, I kind of wish I'd picked a mage, you know? <laughs> but yeah. in Dragon Age, you make that selection, and and you go, oh, well, during combat, I'm going to hop over to the mage and play as the mage, and oh, if I like this more, I just always play as the mage during combat if I want to, you know? So even if your player character, the leader of your group, the, the spokesman for your cutscenes, uh, isn't a mage, if you want to play as the mage or the dwarf or the rogue whatever you do that you know hop over to that or or play all of them and and assign them roles so i, I really dig that franchise and, and i'm i'm really really excited based on what i saw
1: do do we know how many maximum party members were getting this time
0: i think it's four uh okay. it looked like four but but there's definitely uh, a bunch of potential party members as as there usually are sure um, so you can constitute your team in a whole variety of ways um and they showed, you know, they showed a real big chunk of gameplay with interesting quests and, uh, you know, di- fun dialogue options and and a, a really cool looking open world where you can wander around and, you know, pick the flowers and craft things and, and do kinds of stuff that you weren't able to do in previous dungeon. Uh, flower, me, flower
1: picking is the best.
0: Yeah. Flower picking, man, for the win. <laughs> for, for the win. The win. Um, uh, let's go to another call. We have uh, 858 on the line. Uh, where are you calling from, and what's your name? And uh, what hi. do you want to talk? Hi,
3: uh, hi. I'm I'm from uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> I didn't get to make it to E3 this year, so I've been watching the stream.
0: I'm. I just want to take a second and say I am so overjoyed right now because we are on what episode twenty five of DLC, and this is the first female caller we've had call in, and I'm so <laughs> just so overjoyed. So welcome, you you achievement unlocked. <laughs> you have that distinction. So what, what did you want to talk about?
3: Well, uh, I guess I have to talk about girl stuff, right? Um, <laughs> no, not, whatever uh, you... I, well, it is why I, I called about actually, <laughs> um, I wanted to wonder, I wanted to ask what you guys thought about, you know, uh, the news about Assassin's Creed cutting female characters and what it might say about the
5: industry as a whole.
0: Yeah. Great, great question. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Jeff, I know you are a huge Assassin's Creed fan. I Um, am. Yes. Tell me, and and you're also, uh, the kind of person that stands up for you, you believe in a lot, which I always admired about you. So tell me, uh, tell me your take on this.
1: Yeah, this, this, this is sort of a tough one for me because, uh, you know, on the one hand and probably the more important of the two hands, um, you know, it's, it's a big expansive series, much beloved, uh, you know, male and female players. And, you know, it has been a largely male-centric, or entirely male-centric protagonist situation. Uh, you know, they've had they've had some female characters you could play in multiplayer and, and all that sort of stuff, and that's great. And but they had the, the Vita version, right, had the female protagonist. Co- okay. Correct, correct, yeah. which is which is also great. Um, in terms of look, you know, when, when you look at the other side of the coin, which is, hey, you know, I am going, I want to tell a specific story. And this is the, these are the parameters of my story. I don't necessarily think that, um, you know, as, as, as bad as this is, I mean, I, as much as I'd like to see a female protagonist in an Assassin's Creed game, I don't feel comfortable saying that it's Ubisoft's obligation to do it. I, I will applaud them all day if they, if they go that Road because I think there's a lot of interesting storylines and a lot of interesting things you could do, and you know the opportunity to play as someone other than a dude would be would be great for everyone um, well I think the the, the,
0: the central issue isn 't even the fact that the single player protagonist is a male it 's that in multiplayer you do not have an option to play as a female, um, whereas you can play as multiple different males there 's all these different male versions, and the real the real thing here, and I, you know, I, I might get myself worked up into a rant here, and I apologize in advance, but I, I think that it is appalling, appalling that the blindness to this issue is so it's so prevalent that they literally had no media savvy response to the question that they it, it were so unaware that it was even a thing they should be interested in that there, the, the, the tone deaf response to the question was so clearly unprepared unrehearsed and unthought about that what what the designer said when asked why are there no females in the game he said oh well we were working on them but it was too much work so we took them out which any moron could would understand is a terrible thing to say even right. if it's true you don't you don't say that and
1: the fact no, that you the ga- ha- yeah a game that a game that size and scope that's to say something like that in in the grand scheme of things is is ultimately a ton of crap i mean they well, may it, have made a decision like hey we don't want to spend the resources on this but which which is which we should talk about this the
0: decision in and of itself but but i'm even saying that over and above that i think it's indicative of the fact that they didn't even think about it they didn't even think that It would make a difference, which is the worst commentary I think you can say about this whole thing that just saying, oh, yeah, well, we didn't feel like we're doing that work or nobody would miss it. It's like it's you're so blind to the fact that a large portion of your fans are women and it doesn't make any friggin' sense. Like, I don't know. The decision is one thing. The messaging is even worse, I would say. But yeah, I I, 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 mean. I I
2: agree that I don't feel it's anyone's obligation to include uh, specific minorities in games, Uh, but that has to be defended with whether or not the decision makes sense for the story. And I don't, I mean, you know, granted, we don't know beginning to end what the story exactly is, but... I don't see any any good reason why the story couldn't be exactly the same if not be benefited by playing as a woman. And uh I'm one and I think I think the majority of gamers out there have absolutely no problem uh with playing a female character and not just a character who happens to be a female, but a a female character where you're dealing with uh Problems and, and internalization that is a little bit more to, uh, a little bit more in line with female problems, um, and and interesting and an interesting character and not just you know a, a well, character that's walking around with a female body. Well,
0: I, I uh, would I would even push back a little bit on both you guys uh, on the idea of there's no obligation to include you know, other minorities. And I would say it's not, it's not that there's an obligation. It's that if you are marketing a product to the public, why would you not want to, and the entire intention of your product is to invest yourself in an avatar that will play as you. Why would you not want to allow large sections of your potential buying public to project a version of themselves into your game. Why would you want to limit that experience? Why are you so myopic in your view that you don't recognize that people enjoy that? I oh, think I it's agree. so
2: stupid. I totally agree that, that that's why I say like the, if you make that decision to be so narrowly focused, it, it's got, it, it, there has to be a story reason there. If there's not a very good reason, especially when you're dealing with something multiplayer there you have to give the option it's it's insane to me yeah and then well, yeah their message back was just that's dumb and anyone I've I've not only worked in in game journalism I've worked in in games at, at actual uh, studios and publishers and enough to know that that is that's a bunch of crap uh, there's others there's other decisions that could have been made if they thought that was too much work there's other stuff that probably very well could have been cut or or, or something and to also say like for them to say it's expensive because I, I maybe i'm remembering things incorrectly but i i, I thought that that was also something and said that it, it was too expensive come yeah. on it's assassin's creed <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. they knew how much money they were going to make on Watchdogs. Like, like that's there's, it's it, Ubisoft has got to be sitting on piles of cash because uh, I know I've certainly given them tons of money. I know lots <laughs> of other people have given them lots of money. There's no good reason. And Assassin's Creed is certainly, certainly popular with women. There's no, yeah. there's no doubt about it. it. To alienate like that, and then to to. Have the gall to respond like that? It's just, yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame I, that that had to happen, and it's a shame that that has to to lay over E3. It's, it's a very exciting year, and it's a shame that we have to talk about something like that. But I mean, we have to. Yeah. But it's a shame that that exists in the first place. It's a, yeah. It's I mean, I
1: think I think in this particular situation, it was a a bad situation in that they didn't even think about it you know, including a female character in any real way or, or that it would actually be meaningful to people or that it would even come up as a question, which is, which is bad enough in, a, in and of itself. But yeah. when they got asked that question, the response should have been, you know, we really, we really should look at that sort of thing a little bit more. We, uh, to be honest, we hadn't been considering it in the way that we should. And it's clear that people are, are interested in that sort of an experience. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's what you do is, is you, you know, Show sensitivity. Been, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, you know, have a mea culpa. It's like, you know, yeah. if you, if you are legitimately ignorant to what your fan base is, you know, really wants to see, um, admit that and move forward. I mean, you've got a lot of people that love your games. Like don't, yeah. don't. Well, no maybe next week we'll have, uh. Mark Edding from Marketing On, and he
0: can
2: explain the uh, marketing decision behind (laughs) that. Um, Well, I mean, marketing-wise, though, too, like, one of the best Assassin's Creed games you play as a woman, Liberation. Yeah.
0: Um, I did want to talk about uh, one of the most exciting games that I saw today. I I got a chance to do the Behind Closed Doors uh, big, long presentation for the division at ubisoft the-
1: oh i'm jealous i am very yeah. jealous yeah so uh, i just have one question before we, we you get into that and that is what platform are you going to play on because i want to play with you <laughs> <laughs> yes. that game is going to be so good it is going to be so good
0: it it, it, it really is um I don't know. I, I, I reserve the right to make that decision at a later date. But we'll we'll let's keep in touch and <laughs> figure that. Uh, yeah, out. Yeah,
1: I respect <laughs> that decision.
0: This really feels so much like a third-person shooter MMO, and one that I think will really work in an interesting way. Uh, and and those scratch so many of my itches right there uh, because I love MMOs so much. Uh, first, so first they showed the the section of gameplay that we all saw at the uh, press conference, but they talked through it and explained cer- certain things that were going on. And then they showed, uh, reaching that same place at a different time at night and from a different direction. So it was really interesting and in using different skills. And the most, the most fascinating part was that they really showed a glimpse at to what the skill system is going to be like. And it's awesome. It's awesome. It's, it's very much in this, this sort of new wave of, of games like transistor and, and, um, um, Oh crap! What's the other? The, it's another one that I had in my head that it, where it's like you get the skills, but then you get modifications to them. So you start you start having it's not just a skill tree where you're you're selecting down a skill line. It's these oh uh, Diablo Diablo three. Um, so you're 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 making a situational loadout of your skill system and modifying skills in ways that work for particular case you know case, use cases. So. You know, you you can say, okay, I want to equip this grenade, but now I want to make this grenade be a flash grenade and I'm going to add, you know, a lengthier stun effect to it. Or you can say, I want this to be a frag grenade and I want to add, you know, fire to the frag grenade, whatever it is. I'm making those up. Those weren't in the demo. But, you know, it's that kind of thing where uh, what happened in the demo is that the character looked at his wrist and it was like this cool radial uh loadout system of of all these different skills that you can unlock and that you can equip so you can go well in this situation I want to be much more of a support character or in this situation I want to do much more damage uh based on your teammates and and what you have to accomplish so that was particularly exciting the fact that there is true loot and I watched someone loot something that was a blue item so i mean it really is an mmo in the sense that you're leveling up you're acquiring these skills you're you're getting uh new equipment the the person looted a bag that that um afforded them not only more carrying space more carrying capacity but also more ammo capacity and an added bonus if they used a particular skill so it was a skill specific buff that you would put this kind of item on if you liked using that skill. So, I mean, it's very much an MMO style game, and yet you're, you know, you're doing covers and you're shooting dudes and, and, uh, you're taking down enemies in a, in a very, you know, Gears of War kind of third person action way. So, I love the marriage of those two game styles. And up close, watching it at length, that engine is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Believable. There's so much detail in what they're showing in that version of New York with, you know, fluttering uh, physics on, on all kinds of cloth and little bits of detritus everywhere. And it's just such a vibrant, amazing, beautiful world that you're going to blow the hell out of with all your, <laughs> with all your weaponry.
2: <laughs> well, it's funny that you say unbelievable because isn't really that believable because we all know. Ubisoft kind of, unfortunately, has a bit of a stigma when they first showed off Far Cry 3, and then what we got, while still, yes, being an absolutely amazing game, it was also my favorite game of that year. Watch Dogs uh, as well. Yeah, Watch Dogs. And and Watch Dogs still, ultimately, overall, still looks very, very good. Uh, But it is not what we were shown. And yeah they they have a a history of that and to me the division really seems to be that like that bar raiser that new benchmark in in visual stuff but like some of the stuff they do show in that engine i want to believe it so much but i i I, i'm trying not to get too excited because it is of any game that's coming out in the next couple years that is the game that is most on my radar but yeah. that stuff of like snow building up with the wind and stuff, that is an incredibly memory intensive thing. Yeah. Can they actually pull that off?
1: Yeah, How see, the the far Division can is one of those games where really like, go? for example, to compare it to The Witcher Three, The Witcher Three I know is probably gonna be pretty close to as amazing as I think it is. The Division is a game that I really, really deep down hope is as amazing as I think it might be. <laughs> yeah you know yeah. like because i mean which are which a known more of a known quantity but but man you, that is that is definitely up there with uh you know the stuff that most excited me at the show yeah um, i was i
0: was really impressed with the with the game like i mean i watched the game being played but of course who knows if it was just a the 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 worrisome bit about that is that they showed the same bit of what is supposed to be open world new york from two, two different perspectives right so they so it's like well Does is the rest of open world New York built, guys? Or did you just build this little part? And now when you try to build the rest of the game, uh oh, we have to make some compromises.
1: You know, it's an it's an open world. It's just a very tiny open world. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: they (laughs) presented it as we're gonna, it's gonna be really cool because we're gonna show you the same place from two different angles and two different times of day. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And then you think, well, is that because that's the only place you could show us? Or Uh, You know, those are the, those are those weird, those, you know, unfortunate worries that you have to have. That's a great point, Matthew. Um, Well, it
2: it is, uh, there's a lot going on there lighting wise, though, that, uh, that, that is at least presenting something that you do not often see in a demo uh, that does uh, suck up some resources. So there's at least a little hope there.
0: I've never seen better Uh, smoke. I'll tell you that the smoke in that game was, it looks like real smoke. It's amazing. Um. Uh, let's, uh, we, we're almost getting to the end here. I want to work through the last few calls that we have, uh, guys have been waiting a long time. I think we got our old buddy Matthew on the line. Are you there, bud? Uh, yeah, I'm here.
6: Good I name, just buddy. wanted to like bring up, <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I just wanted to bring up, uh, codename Steam, the new 3DS game that, uh, Nintendo announced tonight. Oh. From what was described of it, it is, I guess, somewhere, but it is, I guess, a mix of Fire Emblem and Valkyria Chronicles. Wow. It is a, it is a, it is it's a, it's a turn based. Uh, RPG, I guess. Again, it's a turn-based SRPG and it's like Final Fantasy Tactics or whatnot, but from a third-person perspective and some kind of shooter element. I was kind of getting a bit of an XCOM vibe-ish from the way they were talking about it.
5: Hmm.
0: Well, I'm, I've just looked it up because this was news to me. Uh, Codename Steam, developed by Intelligent Systems, due out in 2015, turn-based strategy game. Set up like a first uh, a third person shooter. Moving and shooting takes away from your turn points. Interesting. Uh I will uh I will definitely keep my eye out on this one because uh that sounds like a wonderfully outside the box concept. And I I love turn base. I'm a big fan of turn base. So um yeah, great, great call as usual, Matthew. Thank you for the info. Um let's uh let's see. We also have uh 413. You are on the line. Where are you calling from? What's your name? And what do you want to talk about?
1: Hi, I'm
4: Nate. I'm from Massachusetts. Um, I'm really interested in uh, two RPGs that are coming out in the next six months or so. First is The Witcher 3, which I know you've talked about a lot. I'm also really interested in uh, Dragon Age. Mm -hmm. So that is is like the game I'm looking forward to most this year. Um,
0: You said you got to play it, right? Well, I didn't get to play it. I watched it played. Uh, I was talking about that. I don't know about twenty minutes okay. ago on the show. So did you did you miss that whole talk? I'd say it looked very very good.
4: Yeah. What I wanted to know is the uh, the gameplay. Are they are they still having the uh, pause and tactical combat? Because that's what I really loved
5: about those games.
0: Yes, they definitely showed that. Um, they showed a sequence where. Um, well, they should. You can do it at any time, obviously. Uh, not obviously, but uh, but traditionally in in Dragon Age games, and it continues here. Um, I do it
1: during the cutscenes mostly.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, the 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 one of the sequences that they showed that highlighted this feature was that. Um, they they came into a room. There was going to be a big battle. They knew that was going to be a big battle. They paused the game. You can independently move the camera around wherever you want. The game is in full pause mode. And you can assign uh, different characters to do different things. So they had this this one... Mage battle mage that was in the back of the enemy party they assigned one of the characters to go up and freeze it so it would stop its ranged attack at them then they had uh, another character that was the big this big bull looking guy um who's man why can't i remember the name of that race in that game whatever um who uh came down to the choke point. There was like this choke point where the bad guys would be running up. And since he was much more uh, of a melee, you know, sort of tank type character, they placed him there uh, to, to prevent people from getting to them. Uh, then they had another character, you know, start uh, shooting arrows from the back. And, and they set that all up, positioned everybody in those places, and unpaused, and it started playing out. And it was really effective and really cool. Um, another sequence that they showed was a giant battle with a dragon. And the the one cool thing that is added to this Dragon Age is there is positional targeting. So you can target the dragon's hind leg or its head or its tail. Uh, and so they showed it, it was really – first of all, the dragon looked awesome. And it would swoop down and it would smash into the side of a building and get to a perch and shoot fire and then swoop down and land. And they managed to uh, take the health meter of its – of one of its legs down to zero and then it sort of collapsed and was was limping on that leg and then it took off and flew because it it had a bad leg and it landed and it kind of slid sideways and it was really really cool and dynamic the fact that it you know actually reacted to the fact that it no longer had the use of one of its legs so uh all that was really cool and it made the action combat system look awesome but yeah you could definitely still pause it uh, let's uh, we got another call on from uh, 412. Um, what are you calling from and what's your name and what do you want to talk about?
7: Hey, this is AJ from Pittsburgh. Um, I actually got to go to, to one of Best Buy's uh, Smash Brothers events that they had tonight so I got a little slice of E3 in my hometown. Uh, so yeah, I know J- Jeff, you mentioned you played both versions and uh, you talked about how you had the GameCube controller and I'll say having played a lot of Smash Brothers since like you know the original, probably for the best you played it with that, because it's just so weird playing it on not a GameCube controller.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I don't disagree, and I, I think that's the best way to show it, and I like the fact that they've come out with this peripheral that allows you to plug four GameCube controllers into a Wii U. It just seems odd to me that their flagship product for the year is completely ignoring the one thing that sets that console apart from any other console. That's, that's all I'm saying.
7: I totally agree. It's just, I think... The, the the ultimate thing comes down to is I now know so many of my personal friends who are literally buying a Wii U to play Smash Brothers and think I think that just they need that Trojan horse because once they have that system they'll buy Yoshi and Kirby and you know, Toad and everything else that's come out in the last two years so it's probably a smart move to get the hardcore in there at least even though it doesn't use the gamepad.
0: Yeah, you know, it's going to be really interesting that the key number that I'm going to be keeping an eye on with uh, the Wii U is attach rate. And they have the potential between Mario Kart, uh, with Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, is to have a true one-to-one attach rate. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah. who who owns a Wii U and doesn't own one of those titles, you know? Uh, what do you guys think, of, uh, Matthew? I, I,
1: true yeah yeah i, it, it, I, yeah, I mean it really
2: it, trojan horse is a great way to refer to that thing <laughs> it, it's it, those really are they're they're those games are your gateway drug to other games on yeah, that console killer and apps man killer apps yeah. you,
0: you, you, we've kind of lost that concept of the system seller game because so many third-party games come out on both these systems and there's just such a a breadth of things to play on, on Microsoft and Sony's consoles. But Nintendo really still has the, the concept of a system seller down pat because they've got basically one game coming out. And so it better darn well sell systems. Um, so, yeah. And we've already seen, you know, supposedly uh, the sales for the Wii U jumped dramatically when, when Mario Kart came out. So it'll be interesting to see, hopefully they, they have a strong year with smash brothers. And I certainly think the potential's there.
2: Yeah, I'm skeptical, but I certainly, uh, I I want I don't want to see Nintendo go anywhere. I want to see Nintendo thrive until the day I die. Yeah.
0: All right, guys, let's wrap this up. Is there any other um any other games that you want to mention or what what's the best thing that you've seen so far? Uh Jeff, wanna to go to you first.
1: Well, I, I I mean, I think Warner Brothers lineup is just ridiculously strong. Um, you know, Batman Arkham Knight and Witcher Three are both Looking yeah. really, really, really good. I, I think. I think. And though, Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, looks great too. I mean, yeah, they have a really even the even the. I didn't really see much of Shadows of Mordor, but people have been saying good stuff about that too. So it's yeah. they have a really strong lineup. Um, honestly, the three I guess that I'm probably most 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 excited about are Witcher Three, uh, um, The Division, and Far Cry Four. Um, and, yeah. you know, like, I mean, those, I the, and, and I, could, I could go on and on and on. Honestly, there's there's probably I could make a list of 10 games that I'm dying to play, like dying to play. Uh, but that's well, I can't, the, the, let you,
0: I can't let you go without doing an at least an indie game. Quick, quick hit.
1: Um, it, I mean, I haven't I'm shocked. I haven't heard you heard you mention No Man's Sky yet. Well, No Man's Sky. I didn't get a chance to. I mean, I've seen the trailers and I've seen the media on, and I've been following it, and I am. It's on my sort of most anticipated. I mean, it's it's like you know, it scratches the same itch that Star Citizen is going to eventually yeah. when it comes out a million years from now. Um, but it, it it's that. Level of exploration that seamless flying from planet to planet up into the atmosphere, out to out through space, landing on another planet. The fact that everything is randomized, uh, you know, everybody, every planet is sort of unique, uh, you know, randomly procedurally generated, if you will. It's, it's the way that it all fits together based on everything that I've seen so far. Um, yes, that is that is that is there. <laughs> I up figured. there up there up there yes I, and, and, I and the fact scared. that it's being made by hello games is ridiculous i mean that's yeah. such a small team it looks it looks so good
2: yeah that's why that game worries me uh, I, I feel like it's it's uh, a breeding ground for potential bugs all over the place
0: <laughs> well I, i'm just worried that they're that the hype is getting so tremendous and, and i i wish nothing but the best for those guys they seem like really genuine dudes i oh absolutely hope that they don't create such an and a high expectation that there's a backlash if it doesn't live up. But, um, what, what about you, Matthew? Is there any other?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, I, well, I will say, uh, I got to play Batman today and, uh, while it is good and it definitely feels like Batman, I'm a little, um, I'm a little at a loss for words to, as to why it's next gen only. It does look gorgeous, but, um, uh, verdict is up on that although they did say it it not only got delayed it's they really don't know when it's going to come out next year There is a lot of work left to do on that game so it could dramatically change quite a bit
0: wow. um so is it is it more a function of the fact that the uh Rocksteady batman games always looked amazing and this didn't really have anywhere else to go but or... well
2: i mean when you they looked great but if you, you've gotten you know it's a next gen only game um you expect that that bar to jump a little bit uh or well not not a little bit a lot of it and it didn't seem to do that but i don't know it's not like i got to run around the whole city you know gotham may be absolutely gigantic it may get really subterranean it may get really tall it may be wider Mm -hmm. i i don't know but um but i i um shockingly do not put that in my top stuff from what i've seen uh for Mm -hmm. me number one goes to evolve uh number two goes to the order uh number three um probably splatoon because i was just so surprised by it number four though we haven't talked about this uh tales from the borderlands telltale uh coming out again it's phenomenal it really felt like uh a a, a really fresh kind of look into Borderlands uh, awesome. is very funny. The voice acting is fantastic. Uh, and there's a lot of little nuance. Um, there's little things there for, for people uh, who are hardcore fans of, of Borderlands. Um, you know, the first time they kind of, they, they're, they're driving out in the world they run over a skag, and if you're a, if you're a big fan of the franchise, you know that that's kind of uh, something that they do a lot. Is they really <laughs> they love to just throw you in there with someone getting with a skag getting run over. Uh, but they also like the menu system looked like it was lifted straight out of the game, and cool. so there's a lot of little tiny details that I think fans are going to really appreciate. And Great. if you if you're like me, I I adore Telltale. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> I, I think they're wonderful and uh, the, the the space that they've created with uh, storytelling and experience in the game is uh, incredibly unique and and this is falling right in line with what they've done with The Walking Dead that everyone can agree is, is great and uh, arguably the even better wolf among us and uh, this seems like it's going to be perched right on top there. They're on a streak and... Uh, it, it's, it's not showing any sign of slowing down in my eyes. Well,
0: you're not going to get any argument from the two Jeffs. I would imagine uh, we're no, both big fans. No argument here. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited to check out. Uh, I have, I have an appointment at Warner brothers tomorrow, so uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Or at least I will be back tomorrow. I appreciate both of you guys hanging out tonight. Uh, And I know uh, you had long days uh, on the show floor, but I really appreciate you, you both uh, hanging out and sharing your, your insights. Uh
1: tonight thank, yeah thank, thanks for having me it was a lot of fun yeah of course jeff anytime man anytime i can be here i will
0: well uh why don't matthew why don't you tell people where they can keep up with your stuff if they're uh interested
2: well uh uh it's a, it's a recent thing. Uh, I just kind of came out and said it at the start of E3 that I'm no longer with the Indoor Kids podcast, which is where most people know me from. Uh, I'm working on something new. Can't really talk about it uh, yet, but uh, a, a new podcast is should be coming out for me, uh, hopefully around Comic-Con. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's just at Matthew Burnside, B-U-R-N-S-I-D-E. Uh, and I don't know, hopefully I'll make you laugh. Awesome,
1: Uh, Jeff. What about you? Well, um, you can follow me on Twitter as well uh, at Jeff Mattis, and uh, yeah, keep an eye on uh, Narcosis. That's the game I'm doing VO for. Uh, It's probably a year off, but uh, we'll we'll be having some some. We'll bob and weave and do you know pop up do a little media thing. Well, like I, got a,
0: you know, I got a very early preview uh, of that game, and I did a video of it. If you want to see that, it's on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's uh, youtube.com slash Kanata Jeff. That's with two N's and one T. Uh, it really impressed me, and um,
1: I got a chance to yeah. play it with the Oculus Rift and everything, so it was really cool. No, thanks, thanks for saying so. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to work on so far. We've got a lot of game left to build, but it should be, uh, should be a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you all. Uh, great calls tonight. Thanks to everybody who called in and hung out in the chat room. Uh, we will be back tomorrow for the final day of E3, uh, and uh, it'll be at that same time, 7 p.m. Pacific time. If you can be here with us, we'd love to have you hanging out. Uh, and that'll, that'll we'll wrap up this puppy. We'll check out all the all the rest of the games that we can possibly stuff into the timeline and get you all the impressions that we possibly can. Uh, but until then